I think my, my my least favorite part of that was the guy who the guy at the club who thought he was a girl, and like came back later and still thought he was a girl. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> that was rough. And it, you gotta let this man down immediately. And I was like, all right, look, man, I gotta tell you the truth. I can't do this. The guy, he was denying it at like, first. He's things. like, no, nah, but dude. He's like, no, you ain't. You ain't no dude. No, you ain't. Fine, <laughs> girl. You fine. <laughs> He's like, no, seriously, dude. It's like that episode of Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody, and, yo, that's a man. And then somebody was like, and then somebody was like, Konnichiwa, my brethren out there in the world. What's happening? My Nakama. It is your boy, Bradston, on the mic with the boys, the brothers, the Super Agile Bros. You already know what it is. It's another great episode in the Super Agile world, Super Agile Nation. And, of course, I got the brothers with me. We have an exciting episode today. So let me go ahead and introduce the brothers, and then we'll get things rolling. Hey, brother, Kyle, a.k.a. Three Hams. How are you doing, sir? How are you doing today, my brother? Three Hams will kill him. I'm doing very well today. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for asking. Konnichiwa back at you. Uh, anything I, you say in Japanese, I will repeat because I know no Japanese of my own. Oh, uh, the Nihongo Hanashimasu ka? Nani? <laughs> there you go. I was like, I, I was <laughs> going to say back to me. I was like, let's see. I'll give him a basic sentence. And of course, you probably heard him in the background uh, snickering, as he likes to say. Steve, what's happening, my brother? Snickering, as he likes to say. Hey there, Steve. How are Oopsie. you doing? <laughs> I snigger in your general direction. Mm. Your mother smelled of Well, that came out wrong. I'm. Mm. Mm. I'm happy. I'm happy. It Monty went, Python I'm, I'm is happy rolling it, in his grave. I'm happy it went wrong where it did, <laughs> and not at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Could have been worse. <laughs> I was so focused on <laughs> carefully enunciating <laughs> the the correct Yo, word mother. that the rest went out the window. Totally understand. Yeah. Totally understand. As we, as, as we learn today, there's some lyrics that we need to suppress in order to operate in life. So I, I totally understand. That's so annoying. <laughs> that still makes me mad. Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, I, I don't even want to mention it by name, but there's basically yeah. a YouTube video made by a child. A that child. Is, you well, know, not made by uncle. a child. I guess, yeah. yeah true. Made true. by an adult. I guess he's on pu- behalf of the child. Puppeted. Uh, exploited, which might be a better Exploited. Word. Exploited. Unfortunately. Um, to make this song. And we're not going to say the lyrics or what it's about. All we're going to say is that we're, as a person who's seen some reckless things in his life and has said some reckless things in his past, I'm very ashamed of the content that was created. So anyway, that's that's all I'm going to say on that matter. Um, yeah, that's fair. So for our... The child will have to atone for those sins. So, yes, yes. So today's going to be a good episode, as all our other episodes are. Today, we're finally living up to our final final thing that we said that we'd cover on our podcast in the last what, what, what when did we even do that last like deciding what we're gonna cover like two months it's ago? been like three months 10 episodes maybe it's been a minute it's yeah. been a minute man and and we'll probably discuss why this particularly took forever but um <laughs> yeah we're finally covering the anime <laughs> yes me we're, we're finally covering the anime uh about our dearest senpai or, or really our sensei koro sensei we're going to be following or i guess covering deep diving into assassination classroom we will be covering both seasons season one and season two and if it wasn't for steve i would have probably never watched season two because i didn't even 
<laughs> I just was like, oh, season one, that's all they got. Um, so uh, we're going to cover both seasons. Say this out the gate. If you're somebody who wants to watch Assassination Classroom, season one and season two, we recommend that you step away from this podcast at the moment. Be gone. Watch. Take the time that you need. The time. <laughs> to watch the two seasons. <laughs> And if you remember that we made this episode, come back and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not old and gray, <laughs> come back and watch this. If you still two have seasons, youth in your bones, two seasons is in quotes. <laughs> two seasons, man. So it's two seasons. It's two seasons. Twenty-five. It's like 20, 25 episodes each, man. So so let, let, let's get into it, and we'll talk about the length here in a little bit. So first, I always like to ask this question anytime we do a deep dive on anything. What do you guys rate this? How did you feel about it? What is your general vibe on Assassination Classroom? What you feeling? You know, what do y'all y'all think? Let's start with the boy uh, Kyle today. We we normally start with Shoop. So, yeah. Is that really okay? Well, yeah, I'll go. Um, so I thought that it great. was it was good. Uh, so I mentioned you know when I suggested this anime that I watched it a little bit before and kind of fell off of it. Because it seemed like it was going to be a long one, which now we know. Uh, and, and so I'm glad, yeah, definitely glad to make the return. And and also that the awareness of a season two, because I didn't know about that either. Um, so if I had to give it a rating, I'd probably rate it for different things. Like the art style, I, was, I really liked. Um, a lot of the decisions they made as far as uh, how they were lining up shots and the way that they were making, like really... Dr- dramatizing things that seemed really simple uh we could talk about that later too but i really enjoyed how they did that from you know uh, art um just the decisions they were making was super interesting uh the voice acting was top notch in most cases even some familiar voices in there which was nice um the pacing for the most part oh i watched the dub good point yeah i did watch the dub so the english voice actors were the ones that i recognized and enjoyed um the pacing overall was good uh there were some places where i was like eh, we, can, we can move this along um or <laughs> that went by really quick and i couldn't really follow what was happening so let me rewind for a sec um but those were few and far in between so um i'm not going to give the numbers for each of those but all of them combined i'd probably give it like a 7.5 uh yeah okay. i had a good time Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm gonna go. Steve, you're going last. So, uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> try to Get mix in the it back. up. Mix it up. So, me personally, how would I review this? So, I'd probably give it the same. Just out the gate, I'm gonna give it a score. I'd probably give it the same seven, seven point five. You know, maybe if I was feeling a little bitter, maybe a six point five. But Ooh, I think bitterness overall. I think it's just a good anime. You know, like I. You know, I was thinking about it today. I was thinking to myself, like, this is the type of anime that I would never suggest to anybody. Like, I would never say, oh, man, you got to watch Assassination Classroom. But if I knew a person who was into the type of anime that this is, then I would probably suggest it. Like, the kind of coming of age, you know, uh, large cast, kids growing, you know, like, you know, very, like, heartfelt meaningful type of situation um i would definitely suggest it to them but i think 
I wouldn't give it like a suggestion like I would with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood or something, you know? Right. Like, That's like a life-changing changing anime. You know? Like, it's just no matter what kind of anime person you are, no experience or a ton, that's a great anime for you. Uh, I think, you know, Kyle mentioned the pacing. I think the pacing is what probably destroyed the score for me the most. I think if the pacing was solid, like if it was a good pacing for me, I would have probably given it an eight, maybe a little bit more. But uh, it really felt like, especially in the second season, and maybe we could talk about this more, I felt like most of the episodes were filler. Like, yeah. it felt like I get why they existed to, like, flesh out characters and give you more reasons to care about them. But honestly, I felt like you could condense most of those episodes into, like, one <laughs> just just 30 minutes of them going to each person, giving a flashback or something, and just moving on. And that's an episode I'd probably skip anyway, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it just felt super long. Um, I did watch it dubbed, but I did for a portion of time watch it subbed. But I actually switched back to dub because I realized it would take me a lot longer to finish it uh, if I watched it subbed. So, hmm. so, yeah, I mean, it was a good anime. I have different feelings about different things that happen throughout the show, but we'll get into that. So, yeah, that's my take. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think if I had to give it a score, I'd probably be around what you guys did. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I'm always caught off guard. I'll talk about this more later. I am always caught off guard by how good these, like, contrived premise animes are <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. like i'll you i mean just on its face it's a story about a guy who's teaching a class but he's a monster and they're trying to kill him mm-hmm. and you're like what how does this work like what possible like what? Sh- how much show can you really squeeze out of that and i was uh very very much surprised by how good it was but like what Brad said, it wasn't like a life-changing anime. So I liked it a lot. You know, all the art was great. I, it's been a while. I'm pretty sure I finished this before either of you guys. Like mm-hmm. basically right after we decided we would watch it, I started watching it. And I watched maybe two or three episodes a day over lunch. And um, yeah, you blew through it. Yeah, I blew through it. So it's been a minute. I think I watched it in Japanese because that's what, it's probably just what I tended to do. Um. No, I I can't picture it. I'm trying to picture Koro Sensei's like distinctive laugh. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang, was it in G- I can't remember. <laughs> no, I th- it was in English. I did watch it in English because I remember him saying, my boy. Um, <laughs> like like Maximilian Pegasus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I watched <laughs> it in English. It was good voice acting. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um yeah, I liked it a lot. I'll just I won't get into any more than that. It was a good it was a good show. Wasn't like mind blowing, but it's pretty good. You know, it's so funny, uh, Steve, that you said like the premise thing because my first thought or what I was gonna throw out at y'all just to, you know, I like so okay. Shout out to one of our community members, Disaster Laster. Uh, he recently posted in our Discord. He he was like, hey, like what's the he he posted like a meme kind of thing. He's like. 
what's the last video game you played in the last like what oh, yeah. movie or something i can't remember yeah last thing you watched it was last tv show you. and last video game yeah. yeah or maybe it was thing you watched i don't know and i and i almost feel like assassination classroom is exactly how this was like brought it's together the cross of two things. yeah it's like oh like somebody was watching a movie about assassins and somebody was also watching a movie a coming to age movie and they're like yo wouldn't it be crazy if there's a teacher who was like an alien and he also like was teaching the students how to kill him so that he would save the world but actually you don't know that he was actually like you know like that's kind of how it felt so my first thought was like what did y'all think about the premise and like how it all came together like what it was, right. you know. Like what is your your vibe about the show and how they delivered on the premise? So fundamentally, I appreciate how simple they made it seem. Um, look, when they mm. give it to you, it's just a chunk, and you're just meant to believe it for what it is. And so going into it, those first couple of episodes, that's all you have to work with is that this situation is weird, and the staying power of the premise. It really doesn't have any grounds. And so it really, like from the beginning, it's like a very shaky foundation. And so it's like you almost have to kind of buy in that they're going to go somewhere with it mm-hmm. for it to make sense. And they kind of, I guess, keep you invested by having like really good choreography and then, uh, you know, raising the stakes every so often, showing off new powers and abilities. And then early on, like where you're talking about in, in season two, Brad, how they were doing the deep character development. They were developing the characters a whole lot quicker and like in unison and like building them up as almost like they felt like a singular character. And so you could follow the the um, the story a little bit better. They would introduce new interesting characters who would actually contribute and not just be mm-hmm. one offs. They would stick yeah. around. Yeah. And so like I feel like the momentum in the very beginning was like really well paced. Yeah. Along with the premise being given as something simple but not really being simple and so i felt i felt like the premise worked worked very well in the beginning for sure and then over time you know when it does start to expand i don't know how much we want to get into it but i guess every time they drilled down you think that that was that was it like there's no way they could actually they could pile something else and then they'd make another roundabout (laughs) connection like oh yeah this character's been connected Uh the whole time and like it and so some of them were like a, a bit stretched, you know. It's like okay, you didn't have to do that. Then other ones yeah. were pretty interesting. So yeah, Overall, it feels it so. They they tell you, or well, you know, they introduce the premise in the first episode, and my first ex- my first reaction was like, okay, I'm clearly going to have to do a lot of suspending disbelief because they don't really like it. Just kind of gives it to you, and you're like, all right, this, I guess this is just how it is. Mm-hmm. But then the more you watch the more they fill in underneath that premise. And it's like, oh, actually, like, the way the world is set up, you know, is still very contrived, but it's a lot more believable. And, -hmm. like, the characters and motivations actually make a lot more sense. Um, You know, because he he wants to be a teacher. He wants to teach these kids. And you're like, okay. But why, though? But why? (laughs) I I guess he just really wants to be, he just really enjoys teaching. But then they actually eventually uh give you some reasoning for it and you're like okay i can see where well, i can see why why he wanted to be a teacher and it's not just an arbitrary decision he made one day yeah um, yeah. yeah i 
so what always interesting so when before you you know you suggested this kyle is one of the shows we should watch i started watching assassination classroom because i was like this sounds like the most ridiculous thing and it is but i think what threw me off originally when i watched it was that it went in a completely different direction than i expected which wasn't Mm. bad it just wasn't what i was like trying to watch at the time where i thought that this was going to be more of like you know i'm a big sci-fi person i always talk about it and i thought it was going to be more about the sci-fi than about the the relationships yeah the interpersonal the connections the growth in all the characters who they're becoming and stuff like that and so i think i know the exact episode where i stopped watching was the episode where the that there's that one character one of the kids there's so many kids names i'm not even gonna try who, sure. who wanted to play baseball like oh, the yeah. second or third episode <laughs> yeah and i realized oh i'm about to watch this weird alien gumball head dude like tutor and like have one-on-one i figured it would just be like every episode would be him following one student and like building them up until they oh, felt confident oh, student of the day exactly showing their potential yeah yeah until they reached their the end of their arc you know um luckily that wasn't exactly the path but it was kind of close like they it was kind of close yeah some, they, they mixed it up yeah sometimes it would be like they'd be like highlight a particular character uh, student and sometimes it would be more like multiple students at the same time and you know they, they mixed mm-hmm. it up but um so yeah i wasn't into, and they spread it out yeah they spread it out and i think that became really obvious to me toward the end of the show where I could tell that, or at least my feeling was that the sci-fi, the reveal, the everything behind it was more just a like vehicle to make the connections in the classroom feel that much more deep instead of like yeah. interesting sci-fi, you know, yeah. like, oh, we're using dark matter to make him more powerful with biology and then a rat exploded and blew the moon up and and i was like okay cool this is like the this is like the rough draft of a science fiction novel to me (laughs) but i was like oh the whole point is that he made this connection with this woman who wanted to be a teacher and then you know he was gonna and he was a world-class assassin so that's kind of why he naturally was like i'm gonna i'm an assassin so i'm gonna teach these kids how to be assassins and it works out perfectly because they have to kill me because da 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 da, you know. Yeah. So I, uh, it, what got me thinking, or this this I've been thinking about this a lot recently, but I think this show really exemplifies this idea or this I guess trend where you have these ridiculous premises, and so you know it isn't just like he wants to be a teacher, but really the show is about or what it focuses a lot on. Um, is about like the connection between education and assassination, right? Mm-hmm. And so every like he, he, for anyone who hasn't seen the show and you're still listening for some reason, he's the kid's teacher. It is not a special school for assassination. They're not like you know government kids or something. They're not like kidnapped orphans. They're literally at a normal middle school. Yeah, junior high. <laughs> a jun- yeah, and they, and this guy shows up and is like, I'm going to teach you how to kill me. But he's also teaching them like normal stuff. Like he's still teaching them math and science and they're history. taking their exams. <laughs> yeah, like like there are whole episodes dedicated to like exams, um, which I didn't love. I'm like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, there are whole episodes for that. Like, So this is like a normal school. <laughs> And some, so you're like, okay, 
what's the connection? Somehow they managed to connect this, like, oh, we're learning to, you know, we're learning all these things and becoming better students via the vehicle of learning to assassinate. Like somehow, (laughs) it's kind of silly. It's kind of dumb. Learning to assassinate somehow makes them better students in other subjects. And they're like, oh, you know, I really, like when they're taking the tests, they'll illustrate the question, like, the tests by having them all in an arena with like armor <laughs> yeah, battle and, and monsters and they're fighting these big monstrous questions <laughs> and like someone like does you know some quick math in his head and like does a, finds a shortcut and is able to solve a problem quickly and it like shows it visually um so that was kind of silly but it was also really satisfying Oddly, and yeah and when you're watching it you're like okay so i feel like western stories it's all about like what's happening and maybe, or it's about characters. Like you have character shows and you have like sci-fi concepts or whatever show, but you don't usually have a strong connection between the two. And this, a lot of anime I find it's like dumb, weird concept, but also like really compelling characters. And I don't know which one was the focus for the writers. Like it feels like <laughs> either one could be the, you don't know whether the premise is serving the characters or the characters are serving so, the premise because they work so well together. Ooh, so you, yeah. So you you made you said something that I kind of disagree with, in the sense that you said they were in a normal school, and we have to well, talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, no, you're right. I just you know what I meant. Yeah, like they they're in school, but like if anything, their school is the most like ridiculous school ever. Like just on a base level, like even the I think they had to all be like kind of admitted to that school like they actually like from what i can yeah, it's like a magnet school yeah like a magnet school and and that these students in the assassination classroom are the bottom of the barrel of this basic magnet school so they're already like pretty smart yeah, or they're the misfits though the misfits right and i think it's interesting because you you said something okay so so man you said a lot that i, I was thinking about I, I did say a lot sorry <laughs> so one thing is that this kind of reminds me of Bell in a little bit. Those no. exam moments. Where remember the moment in Bell where they have the uh the girls all gossiping and Oh, the battlefield the battle mm-hmm. simulation yeah. the gossip and stuff. I yeah. almost felt like those moments in the show belonged in another show. Like I get why they were there. It was kind of an illustration of the battle. But yeah, I didn't like it. Very but much. it wasn't like an assassination. Right, it was right. more like a, like, almost a, combat. Yeah, like it was a big battle RPG. I mean, I'll be honest, the questions, like the designs for the questions, I really enjoyed some of them. Like the giant, beetle, they were ridiculous beetle tank <laughs> that was like, you know, or the giant cuboid angel statue looking. I was oh, like, oh yeah, that was my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, it was for the final question that Karma and the the other kid, but. To me, it felt like it was very much a story about, like, if I were to say the main premise was, like, this thing that only Japanese people probably really understand, this connection between your schooling and your destiny, right? Like, if, because they are heavily examined in Japan, right? You, oh, yeah. You take, Education is crazy. You take tests all throughout your life. To get to this point, you got to test to get into your middle school, test to go into your high school, test to get into, you know, secondary or whatever. 
or I guess uh, college. And I feel like this was like one of those stories where it's like, hey, kids, you have a lot more potential and you don't have to look at what the system is telling you you have to be to be what you are, you know? And they use mm-hmm. Koro Sensei as the vehicle and the assassination classroom. So I feel like what it was trying to be was almost like a uh, metaphor t- for the Japanese culture and student about accomplishing something if they have the right, right person in their life or something. That's kind of how I felt. Yeah, it was a surprisingly yeah. deep show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from the beginning, I would have to say, like going back to you guys mentioning, I guess, how Western storytelling usually goes in the beginning i can i can remember thinking that oh koro sensei is going to have a dark side or he's going to betray the system because when they when they reveal the premise it's all based on like this trust that you know they can't defeat koro sensei so if you haven't if you're still listening by the way and you haven't looked up anything about the show so koro sensei is this giant yellow octopus man who can move (laughs) at mach 20 he can't be killed by normal means. Like he can survive like nuclear blasts and stuff. And so they have to make like special gadgets to kill him with. And so they're putting him in this classroom and saying, okay, the deal is you can teach this class as long as you don't kill the kids. But then on the other side of that, there's nothing anybody could do if he decided to break that contract at any point. And so right, yeah. in the back of my mind, I was thinking that eventually he was going to at some point. So massive spoiler alert, he doesn't, which makes... I guess always builds kind of the suspense because he does get frustrated at times. There are times where he shows like enormous signs of weakness, leaves himself vulnerable, leaves himself vulnerable because he does make a genuine connection with these kids, which is super unexpected as well. Cause it all feels like he's playing up an act because he's got this big smile on his face. You don't know yeah, where he came from. He's real goofy from. looking, real cheery. Yeah. And it's like, and he didn't deny the fact that like, Oh yeah, either, either you, and he even says it himself, like either you kill me or I'm going to blow up the world. And the way he says it makes it seem like it's something it's intentional. He's going to do, like, he came to Earth to do this. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows his origin. And so, like, that's, like, that's the typical trope. And so, for that to kind of get flipped on its head as the story progressed, and then things come to light saying, oh, the reason why he's going to destroy the world isn't intentional. It's like, oh, wait a minute. You know, I wasn't expecting a twist like that. And, And so, it really makes you, I guess... You have to, you, it knocks you off balance if you're trying to predict what's going to happen in the show pretty much at every turn because they just do something completely outlandish. But yeah. it still makes sense in the world. Yeah, and I, and I think that's like where Japanese anime has always been a step above where they... Re- it's hard because like you're saying, like to compare a Japanese animation to like an American style animation, it just feels so much more deep. Like, even if you don't understand where the deepness is, it mm-hmm. feels like it has something to say, and it has a purpose, and it's also very interconnected to culture, but it's also very interconnected to aspirational thoughts, and and then, like, yeah, like, Koro Sensei is clearly over-the-top positive, right? Like, he believes in the students, he's, like, tutoring them all at the same time, <laughs> doing, like you know super, you know <laughs> regular side yeah, flash flashed <laughs> <laughs> you know doing some one punch man stuff and like yeah. like you said i expected the moment to be toward the end of the show that he his trigger flips and he becomes the all destructive being 
that he was made to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like the, you know, have y'all seen the Iron Giant? Yeah. Yeah, kind of like the Iron Giant, you know? It's, spoiler alert. <laughs> this Iron Giant. I didn't, I'm not really saying anything about it. But, it's fine. But, it's fine. but at the end of the day, like, the Iron Giant's <laughs> purpose or Koro Sensei's purpose is not one that is to benefit society. It's just more or less a coincidence that things worked out the way that they did. And mm-hmm. I was just waiting for that. Oh, there's a trigger. There's a word, uh, image, something, you know, needed to happen right. for him to go into all destruction mode or something. But that never came. Yeah. That never came. And he's, I mean, he's off the cuff shown to be extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right. But he only, he never uses his abilities to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Even when he's fighting like people who actually are on his level, he's extremely uh, soft with them. Yeah, careful. Yeah. Um, because he considers like, what is it? So there's a kid who is also implanted with the same like tentacle powers as Korra sensei. And they send this kid to the classroom under the guise of like, Oh, he's joining the class. Yeah. But then it's like a very weak guys because or disguise because he basically, he immediately attacks Koro sensei. It's like, I don't know what, I don't know why they even bothered to like say hey, he's a student here. He could have just shown. Maybe it was mm-hmm. for the government. I don't know. But it shows up as a student, and from that moment, Koro Sensei is like, okay, well, he's my student, so I'm gonna treat him like I treat all the rest of my students, and believe in him yeah. and treat him gently and do all this stuff, even though he's literally trying to murder him. Well, they're mm-hmm. all trying to murder him, but I guess he was different. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was really. It was really interesting how they did that. He's like saccharine sweet. Yeah. It's too sweet. There, there were those, <laughs> yeah. there were those moments where he would get really angry, and yeah. I was hoping for kind of that there was more moments like that where like he was like like he turned into that like black red like crazy Demon monster yeah crazy face and he'd like get in your face and like if you did something like I was hoping for more moments like that but they were you know they were very specific right like oh there were few and far between and they didn't lead to anything yeah Yeah. um and i think what we got instead was better like we got to see how intelligent and resourceful he was Mm -hmm. uh you know if there was an issue like there were enemies in the show and some of them were like physically on his level and he had to fight them but some of them were just like uh there were other objects so like the present the the principal of the school is an enemy, but instead of using force with the principal, he has to use guile. You know, he has to like outwit him and outmaneuver him. And that was so much fun to watch. It was so satisfying to see him and his students, you know, maneuvering in this weird class system. Yeah. Cause that was something that he was teaching them too. And so another thing, I guess, cause, cause he's a monster. You expect him to like forego values, but he was instilling the values in them as like, yeah, assassination isn't like about bloodlust. You know, it's an art. It's a craft. You know, when you assassinate somebody, you do it respectfully and you don't all those different things. And so like that was transferring over to the educational side. But then even when they would have, you know, scuffles and, you know, when they were trying to you know save their classmates, they thought they were going to die. Even then they were like, well, we're not going to kill anybody while we're doing this. Yeah. And it was like even even showing those times of restraint. And then so seeing Koro Sensei grow from becoming this 
enraged demon, which was closer to who he was before, into pretty much at the end of the show, every time he showed his most powerful, it was like beams of white light. And so it was like he made a complete transition from being like true, yeah. an evil character who was seen as bringing darkness to something that to someone that sh- literally and maybe you know either through intellect or power shines a light on the situation to where it improves that way with the least amount of damage being done. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that I, I don't know how quickly this happened, but they dispelled the idea that he was an alien. Like pretty, I think it was like in the first episode yeah, he said, I am not an alien. Like pretty early in the show, and I thought they were going to leave that longer as a mystery. But I, I thought by them doing that, they kind of immediately humanized him. Mm-hmm. That meant that his motivations were not alien, you know? Right. Like they were actually, you know, human. They were like very much either altruistic or chaotic neutral or, you know, like... Or selfish. Yeah, there's something in there. And I think that the reveal of him being an assassin, that kind of just made sense. But I don't think in my mind I would have ever assumed that he was an assassin. Just even his character and the way that he interacted with the students, it very much felt like he was a person who fundamentally was a pure person who kind of maybe maybe he was a scientist. That's what I thought it was going to be like mm. a scientist who got caught up. That's or something. that's really funny because you're usually the one who can see through the twists, or you're always like a, you're always <laughs> trying to figure out what the secret is. <laughs> well, you know it's funny because what I told you earlier and the reason why I probably didn't even do that is because I didn't think that this like once I saw the direction of the show, I didn't think that the reveal was going to be that important anyway. I thought it was just going to be like right. a type of thing where it's just like, oh, like this is it, you know? And it kind of was how they did it, but yeah, it wasn't that, in- it wasn't that important. So, it was interesting. So I, I didn't really think too much about his origin after episode like three. <laughs> I, I was just yeah, in this show. Yeah. It was built on like a lot of misdirection too. Yeah. They were and, very cagey. Yeah. And so I wouldn't say that the reveals felt unearned. Or it's like uh, you pulled that out, like the Scooby Doo reveals they used to do, where it's like, oh, it was that character we showed for half a second at the beginning of yeah. the show. You were supposed yeah. to figure that out. Now it was never that egregious, but it was always something that was. It, sometimes it was subtle, sometimes it was apparent, and so. But most of the time, it was something that you really wouldn't pick up on because they just they thought of the first thing and it's like, okay, people would predict that. They thought of the second thing, like some people would predict that, and so they went with the third thing that most people wouldn't predict. I, I honestly think it's one of those situations. Where this wasn't a clever show. It was just a show that where they just didn't tell you a thing. It doesn't matter how much you thought about it. Like, yeah, they would. You don't know enough about yeah. Yes. what's going it's on. It's not like they, you know, it was a, one of those, like you said, like the Scooby-Doo effect where it's like, it was him the whole time. Or like, oh, we've introduced to you all of the things that you need to know that, that you can kind of figure it out at the beginning. But we're going to reveal some information. It was just simply like linear, like. Like, they showed a flashback of something way back in the past. And I was like, there's literally no information that I've seen in these, like, 50 episodes that gives me any indication about what this means at all. Like That's true. You know, it was completely arbitrary. Other, The only thing that gave me a little bit of thought was he, when he said, this is your brother, when they first introduced Tentacle Boy to yeah. the class. 
But then immediately they just dispelled that by just saying, oh, he's your brother because he's similar to you. He's not your actual yeah. brother. And I was like, okay, well, I don't <laughs> like right. This this threat is dead. You know, playing fast and loose. You know, um, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of misdirection. So like, you know, he he introduces himself and he says, I'm, I blew up the moon, but he didn't blow up the moon. I think that was probably one of the most integral misdirections. Yes, that was because because it didn't fit. For sure. It, it totally like made every theory not fit. Like, wait, how did he get like, why? What? What's who? Like, what's going on? Um, and then the scientist who kept showing up with, you know, with all these plans to kill him. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. acted like like Cora Sensei had done some horrible thing, and he was a monster. He had done this and that, and then the reveal as well. Yes, he was an assassin, and yes, he did like break out of this facility. But that's fair play, I think, if you're yeah. being tortured and then expected to be killed for sure. And you were and kidnapped. And also, the scientist is like a super evil guy. Yeah, he just was took horrible. everything super personal. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like his word is worth nothing. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I honestly yeah. think the moon thing is dirty pool to me. Like to me, like <laughs> you can't do that to me because that's like you know in a movie. Like uh, imagine Goku was like, "Yeah, I'm a Super Saiyan," right? And then like, so like you're working off that premise, and then at the end he's like, "Actually, I'm just a guy wearing a suit." And it's like, well, you told me you're a Super Saiyan. Like, I'm right. working off of that as the only thing I know. Like, that's... It's a bald-faced lie. <laughs> it's just a lie. Yeah. Like, But I'm okay with that because the show did not tell us that. Koro Sensei told the government that. To the, yeah. And they related to, you know, us. And the, Well, I guess he told the government and he told the kids. But, like... The, I I fully expect them to not necessarily be truthful. So I that's interesting. In retrospect, I'm like that's fair. that's interesting because I've never seen Cora Sensei as the type of person who is a liar. Like he's like Mm-mm. a person who was mysterious or was doing things without like telling you his intentions or his goals. But throughout the whole series, he seemed like if you asked him a question. Yeah, he was truthful. He would just say, like, I, you know, I'm not going to answer that, or you're going to figure it out, or I'll tell you the truth. So it just seems yeah, very, yeah. like, like they almost did that on purpose, like you said, that misdirection, mm-hmm. because they were like, ah, uh, we have no other way. Because if we say the to moon. explain it. Yeah, if yeah. we say, if he says, who knows how the moon was destroyed, then you go, oh, there's something else here. For, well, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, but on the other hand, imagine you're in, you're in his position and you're trying to explain yourself to the government to get, you know, to get what you want, but you don't want to tell them everything. Practically speaking, he might as well have destroyed the moon. Like it's the same force, the same thing's going to happen here on Earth. Like there's all that. The only difference between him destroying the moon and the rat destroying the moon is his character and his intention, right? But like, as far as the government or the kids are concerned, like. The same thing will happen here on Earth, so that's an understandable lie for me to make. It's and it wasn't as it's it's a, it's a I guess an oversimplification of the truth. And there was a pretty uh, like a core element to the tentacles, like that they had some sort of sentience. Like every host, right. they they would I say like the that. tentacle asked me what, what I did I want to be. Mm-hmm. And when Coral Sensei said that about the moon, it was pretty early for, to him, like being integrated with his technical tentacles. Especially on the level where he like completely had a metamorphosis and became this new thing. But maybe in the same loosely true way that he was brothers 
with Etona, maybe, you know, the tentacles kind of spoke up in a way and said, you know, I'm I'm responsible for it because, you know, um, we're all one Because of the tentacles. Yeah. Eh, maybe, yeah. I mean, I'll, it's loose. I, I wouldn't but... go that far, but that's possible. Yeah. That rem- that's, that's another example, by the way, of something that I appreciated where they felt like they filled in a goofy premise. And so, like, this is kind of an aside. I'm going back to something I mentioned earlier. But, like, there was a bunch of weird details in the show that I just kind of accepted mm-hmm. because I'm like, whatever, it's anime. So, like, one of them is Nagisa. He's the blue-haired kid. He's one mm-hmm. of the main characters. Uh-huh. He famously is small and looks like a girl and gets teased a lot about it mm-hmm. by right. his classmates. And he has real goofy, a real goofy haircut. Um, but then uh, as the show progresses... You find out that actually his haircut is there is a very specific reason and it's like important mm-hmm. it's because his mother, uh, I guess, wanted a daughter. him and wants yeah. to live through. Yeah, wants wanted a daughter, wants to live through him. Always made him wear his hair long, and he just wears it up when he's at school as kind of like the only thing he can do that his mother will allow. Um, and, and it was that connection with Kayano. Yeah, it, it was a little character building too. Yeah. Um, and then with Karma, you're like, okay, it's a kid named Karma. That's goofy. But then you find out later that it's like actually because his well, it's not that important, I guess. But the fact that his the fact that his parents named him that is something that he knows is silly and dumb and is not like just a normal part of this world. Yeah. Yeah. But the last thing was Korra Sensei's appearance. He's a giant octopus man, like you said, and he has a big old smiley face. And when you look at him, he. Like, as a viewer, when you look at him, you're kind of like, did they make this character just for weird tentacle sexiness? <laughs> like, like is, this, is, is that what, like, honestly, that was kind of my first impression okay. of the show. Mm-hmm. I was like, are they just trying to make it weird? Mm-hmm. But they didn't make it weird. And you find out that part of his appearance is actually because at the end, when you find out the tentacles asked him, what do you want? And he's like, I want to be a teacher. So they made him into this, like, non-threatening, like, very happy yeah. Very like he has no attack power, but he has high defense and speed. And like he's very, very yeah, he's very practically efficient. Like, efficient, yeah, good at what he does because that's what he wanted. He wanted to be a teacher, so he has this this kind of goofy. I'm like, oh, that actually like explains this thing that I didn't even think needed explaining. So there's a lot of cool stuff like that, I, and I think that gives me more th- feeling that they thought more about the 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 whole premise of the show is more about the characters themselves and their stories than any of the sci-fi or anything like that because yeah i think that's a cool thing right nagisa first of all there's i have a lot of feelings about how they handled nagisa in the show but um like his story in general about him looking like a girl and being a girl and in the like the whole issue like his mom basically having mental health issues in a way Being a lost yeah mom. you know like is really interesting that they use that and then even like you said the connection where kai and or whatever was like cool i'm gonna put his hair up so he kind of looks like me so that people don't really notice me and i can kind of blend in a little bit more make I was yourself like, more unsuspecting yeah and i was like that's pretty yeah. clever like they have some really cool like approaches like you can feel that they really thought through the characters for the most part, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I felt that's where they were the strongest, definitely in the characters and their like, like each student was very unique. 
which yeah. I thought was... They were all really well fleshed yeah. out and distinct. Even if they didn't have, like, a super long, like, deep episode about them, like, I felt like every student was distinct to me. Like, And that's a... I think that's a pretty key part of the way anime is handled in general. Like, when I was in art school, I, there was a girl who did a lot of anime. I think I told the story before, but uh, she drew a lot of anime, and um, we were having critique one day, which is when we talk about, you know, the things that we drew... And so she drew like a, a bunch of anime characters and some of them were more important than others. And some of them were like kind of background characters is what we would call them. And so the professor actually said that, you know, like, oh, this is one of your background characters. And she was like, well, we don't call them that because, you know, even the people that you see in the background on these animes that only are there for a few frames have a completely like written out character development, like where they work, their history, their age their motivations the reasons why they're even in this scene like maybe they're going to work and while the monster's coming by like that's why that specific person is here and so i feel like that's what made each of the characters even if they kind of felt one note at times like the the one girl who was uh scary and emo and you know wrote the (laughs) scary stories like even she had a little bit more depth to her i think it's because you know they, they had those underlying things that they that they thought about you know, with background characters. And, like, a lot of them be- kind of became... Because, I mean, when you have a cast this big, you really, like, you, realistically, you just can't spend as much time mm-hmm. with each of them. And so that method, when it comes to character development in anime, I think is what lent itself very well to a cast this big. Because what, it was, like, 30 of them? <laughs> yeah, it was a ton of yeah, them. Yeah, something like that. I think it was, like, 25 students. I think I think what, you know, even lends even more to what the point you're making, Kyle, is that... um that uh what's his name uh karma karma and the president's son essentially like if you just like put them near each other you'd be like they're almost the same person like Mm -hmm. you know subtle differences you know subtle differences but to me i never got them mixed up like like just even they're like even though they're both very intense very like top of the class blah 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 you know they both have red both hair. have red hair both kind of Short similar hair. cuts you know like one is faded red one is stronger red. orange you know orange, yeah the big thing is that immediately when they introduce the characters they introduce their they introduce the characters not their like just simply what they look like not their true you know yeah. and it's like oh like karma's very distinct to me because like he's literally insane you know, like yeah, karma's gaze. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and I think that really, is, you know, is a testament to when you think through your characters, even if they are almost. I mean, if you think about Japanese like characters in general, it's just hair swaps. <laughs> you know, ninety percent. You know, for the most part. Yeah, back in the day. That's what I was gonna say. Like, it sounds like your friend Kyle. Uh, like maybe she puts a lot of effort and thought into her characters, but I can't say that I've seen that in a lot of anime that I've watched. I can like, say that I have. Um, so it's it's subtle differences. I'll, I'll give them that because the reason why people say anime, you know, is very similar is because yeah, they have the big eyes, the small nose, and the small mouth. But then within those are the key differences. Like you know, you add eyelashes, you change the eye color, the pupil size. You know, is the, are there lines going through the eyes, or are they a solid color? Is it the gradient? Do they have big eyebrows or small eyebrows? Do they have wrinkles? Do they have laugh lines? Do they have facial hair? Like it, it get it's the subtleties I think within anime that makes it really stand out. Mm-hmm. And well, unfortunately, yeah. a lot of those things don't come across at a distance a lot of times. Sure, 
Yeah. I mean, what, what I meant, not just the way characters look, but just the fact that you clearly have some characters that are just background characters. Like, if I'm ever in a watching a show and there's a scene in a classroom, I do not see most of the characters. I only see whoever has bright hair. And I only, because like none of them matter. I think the first show that I've watched that challenged that was My Hero Academia, where basically every character is a main character. <laughs> bright colors, yeah. Well, not just because they have bright colors, but because they're actually like main characters, you know? Like they, they, you hear their names more than twice the whole show. Mm. Like you actually have to learn their names. Whereas most shows, it's like, it doesn't matter who that person is. It's just extra number one, extra number two. They're going to have very little. But that's that's the thing that I think that makes this show anime in its totality and even this show much more meaningful than if an American series were to do basically the same thing, which is, hey, let's do a classroom setting with a whole bunch of characters. And then like they're all kind of sort of unique. Like I think it's kind of like what I think about art, right? Like if you just look at art, you're like, oh, that person's pretty good at art. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It looks good. It looks nice. But you have to realize that, like, there's so many layers to a thing that, like, you can't notice the layers until they're pointed out to you or they're removed, you know? It's like if you were to take some of these Japanese shows and were to just, like, take out some of that depth that they naturally integrate into their shows, it would feel a lot more flat. Like, for example, a show that does this really well, for example, is Naruto. Like, there's tons of characters in that show. And, yeah, they look different. But, like, to me, that's not really what's important. It's that, like, even if a character is not necessarily the main, like, they're a background character, how Naruto deals with the room is because of that character who's sitting in the back row, who later, like, 70 episodes from now, says something, and then Naruto's like, yeah, that's why I do that. You know? It's like this deep layer that makes every Mm -hmm. character feel so much more real. Because it's like not, it's just not a random student. Like to you in your class, every student as a kid meant something to you. And I think that's the power that, that animes and like this do, you know, they think about that. And I think, I think you bring up a really good point about, yeah, good design. And um, because I, I, I definitely agree that in crowded spaces and yeah, so anime is where there's like a a full classroom. You're not going to notice those background characters. But like you said, Brad, if they're not there, you would notice. But I think that's because of the idea around good design is invisible. And so it's like, if there was something wrong with those characters, like if they were just too flat Mm -hmm. or if it was the copy pasted character over and over again, like you see like the backgrounds of video games and stuff like racing games are notorious for this, where it's the same cutout of a crowd Oh, in the stands. Copied and pasted. Yeah. And so it completely pulls you out of it if you look at them for even two seconds. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, if they took those approaches, then you would notice that. But since they're not taking that approach, then you can focus on what they want you to focus on and not be distracted by the lack of effort they put in an area. Because they didn't. They didn't skip out on anything. Hmm. Yeah. it's it's, Well, I, I stand by my thinking, which is that this show does an ensemble cast has it first of all has a bigger cast of important characters than most other anime Mm -hmm. and does them better um so let's i guess we can agree on that part at least yeah Yeah, i definitely don't disagree with that 
Yeah. Um, I think one thing, another thing that made them really interesting, all the different characters, is there were a couple episodes that were kind of like ensemble episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. usually it would focus on like the, the adventures or the thoughts or, you know, whatever of like two or three or one maybe character. But there were specific episodes where they were all working together. Yeah. And it wasn't just we're all working together to kill the teacher because those that happened and those were really interesting and they would the writers would purposefully like find ways that each different character with his or her strengths and weaknesses were were like you they know contributing to the plan. Yeah. yeah. But the most most interesting part to me was the episodes that were all about teamwork but weren't about assassination. Mm-hmm. So like there's an episode where they're playing baseball or some other sp- there's a couple sport episodes. Mm-hmm. There's an episode with um where they 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 make a restaurant as a class yeah, and so yeah. somehow they find time for or they find a way to like for everyone to to participate um there's an episode where uh, the giant pudding yeah the giant pudding episode um yeah. which sounds bonkers but i mean we're watching <laughs> this anime so uh what else did they do all together? yeah i mean I'm there was that episode I, maybe i can't remember maybe it's already one you named where it's like to me where they the two characters who didn't mean anything to me until they like one of them like ran a restaurant one of them's dad. Oh, like they were trying to help. Oh yeah, help the Itona. Itona yeah, it was the festival. It was the festival. You know, there was that the festival one. It was just they were trying to help Itona. Like oh oh, like, oh 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 no no yeah I'm wrong. And it was like one of them had a track like that their parents own and motorcycles. Another, you know, yeah. and it's like you start to see like oh like and it was like you said these are real people. these are people and they have their own stories and they're doing things and all the characters know that about the other people. And they're like, oh yeah, your your Brahmin is super whack. <laughs> like they're always clouding him. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um You know, so so let me ask y'all this. What did y'all think about because this is something that I was trying to figure out from the very beginning, why they chose Nagisa as the main main character? Because mm. they have this giant ensemble cast, right? Uh-huh. And so at first, I thought that the show was just gonna be like Oh, it's just really about the teacher and his interaction with the students. But it became about a story about kind of sort of Nagisa and how he views the interaction of Koro Sensei with all the other students and how that impacts him to -hmm. become who he becomes. But also, at times, it doesn't necessarily feel like he's always the main character. If if that makes sense, like yeah, right. I definitely feel that it was it was such a weird because once the show started going, I was like, okay, they're really like Naki says the person, but why? Like I couldn't yeah. figure it out. I mean, yeah, like eventually you figure out he's talented for assassin nations and stuff, and I was like, cool, but where are they going with this? Like, right, yeah, like his his backstory didn't seem to be like any more. It was tragic, but they all seemed to really have like tragic backstories. Whenever they start to reveal him, like one girl, you know, went against what her parents' wishes were because that's not who she wanted to be. And then some of them were, you know, Itona's story was super tragic, even Coral Sensei's. And so it's like, yeah, I, I, the only thing I guess kind of tipped me off at the beginning, like at the very beginning, was I was like, oh, this kid has the brightest blue hair. So he must, <laughs> I guess he's going to be <laughs> the main looks character. like a bird nest. Over yeah. There. <laughs> so I was like, maybe he is going to be the main character. But then... 
Like when they brought Karma in, of course he had the classic red versus blue. That's mm-hmm. his antagonist. Mm-hmm. Oh, but oh, they used to be friends. Ah, okay, well, and they're and actually they're like, like friend. very friendly the whole yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, and so I think I think it was just another one of those things where they kind of put the common trope on its head, but they still needed like a foundational character for the mm-hmm. viewer to follow. But they still didn't just leave it up to Nagisa. Like you could you could argue that Coral Sensei was just as important as far as like a main character goes. Mm-hmm. to yeah. Nagisa because of how much I guess he helped to progress the plot yeah I think the reason my my takeaway at the end was the reason that Nagisa was the um, I guess the main protagonist mm-hmm. or you know focused on compared to the rest of the classmates is because he as we're as we're learning more about Korra Sensei we're also seeing how Nagisa is the most like Koro Sensei. Mm, yeah, true, true. I think that was because he he ends up being te- a teacher. Mm-hmm. He's like, I could be an assassin. I'm really good at this. I'm fearless. But Natural then, assassin. So, you know, but then he's like, oh, actually, I'm going to switch and be a teacher. So we kind of see like maybe this could have been Koro Sensei's life if you know if things had gone a little different if he hadn't become the Reaper. Um, yeah. Right, and so that was kind of it, it. Was I think that was. Part of the reasoning behind it was that yeah. it was like that. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where, like, Ichigo is the main character in Bleach, right? And it's, like, really obvious why. Like, he's the chosen one, and some reason he's special. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's obvious. Naruto's the main character. You know, like, those kind of make sense. But Nakisa felt like it could really be anybody if... It's just, he's the best narrator, right? Like, that's kind of what it felt like. He's the best mm-hmm. narrator, and he also seems to be very, like, like take a lot of notes and, like, plan things. And, like, people yeah. see him as a person who, like, like oh, he's kind of, like, to himself, but he's also, like, really smart. So, so ooh. Yeah, go ahead. She actually just made me think of something. So, the fact that, yeah, Nagisa, because the kids, like, they always tended to do those things that they were naturally gifted at and would have the tendency to do. And so it seemed like, you know, they would say he was the best at like taking notes and figuring out Koro Sensei's weaknesses. And mm-hmm. they, they would go to him for the book. And I think you might have said this before, Brad, but it's, it's somebody else's quote. But it's like uh, something along the lines of the war is won or the story of the war is like only given by the victors. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So History is told by the winners. That, yeah. And so what so, if what if the situation is because Nagisa is the narrator? That he—that's the reason why he's the main character. Like the and if like so, saying that to say like if if Karma would have been the narrator for the show, he would have been the main character. So it's not so it's not so much that he had precedence. It's just that we're more in tune with what he was doing because, character-wise, he was more in a dispositioned. I guess in the same way that Ichigo was a chosen one to take notes on the situation and then as a teacher tell the story to someone else he was so he was the most tuned to what was happening and i yeah. mean and it was even said you know many times that he was a natural once every once they got to like the assassination part everybody was like okay nagisa <laughs> like you're the anaconda <laughs> way too good at this you know like like that whole so so one thing i want to mention about this show personally and i and I, maybe i'll feel differently i felt like the first season was a lot stronger than the second season 100 percent. i feel like the first season had so much like ups and downs in dynamics that the second season just felt like it was just prolonging 
it was just like we got to get to the end, but we don't have. Yeah. But isn't that always how the second semester of school <laughs> is? <laughs> it just drones you know, right on and on. Like it was like all of the growth happened in the first season, and the second season mm-hmm. was just them waiting out, like you said, the time till like March or whatever, and it was just what they were up to until that point came, right? Because, like, yeah. think about all the cool things that happened in that first season. First season, everybody figures out that Nagisa is a beast, right? Like, remember that moment when uh, Karasuma, is his name? Karasuma? The PE teacher from the government? Well, no, no. The 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 guy who's, like, the main government. Is that the PE teacher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he becomes Karasuma. a PE teacher. Yeah, Karasuma. Like, when Karasuma was, like, standing there, and I guess Nagisa approached him or was, like, behind him, and he was like, what in the... <laughs> All of a sudden, he was like, what in the threw world? a child. He, like, threw up his deuce. <laughs> like, he was like, was like, I, I don't know what just happened, but, like... Yeah. <laughs> Kamo was, was like, you reacted kind of hard to that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was like... And, and I actually wish they had kind of continued down that road a little, route a little bit more about Nagisa being, like, this... Cr- a beast. A beast. I, I mm-hmm. just love that moment. Like, him just being like, hold up. I like <laughs> something <laughs> like his cat sense is like, yo, I don't feel right here. Like, I feel really in danger. <laughs> yeah, that was actually a, a small disappointment for me. So before I watched the show, I actually had seen a couple clips on YouTube and they were all about Nagisa. And there was uh, just several moments from the show where like Nagisa's being a beast. Yeah. So like, oh, oh so Nagisa, cool. you know, Nagisa. Yeah, a little bit. But I had no context for these clips. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on. Um so I was like, oh, Nagisa fights, you know, the the sadistic dad PE teacher oh, guy. That dude. Oh, Nagisa fights the sadistic guy again. Nagisa does this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this show is kind of dope. But then when I watched the show, I was like, oh, those are like literally the only moments that, <laughs> that have like highlights. Yeah. Um, Nagisa baited. fights karma. Uh, but I think and it is it is disappointing. First of all, it's disappointing. But I feel a little okay about it because it turns out that's not the premise of the show, right? Like, at the end of the show, he decides, I don't want to be an assassin. I want mm-hmm. to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like, the lack of focus on that aspect of his personality kind of matches where the show ended up going. Yeah. Like, it would have been weird if it's like, hey, it's like a happy-go-lucky show where, like, the students might have to kill their teacher. But they're all learning, like, all these life lessons and, like, getting better and better and becoming a strong team. But then also in the corner, one kid is just <laughs> like, I can murder anybody. <laughs> It'd be a little weird. To me, I thought the show was going to go really dark. Like, and kind of like on the point you made earlier, Kyle, about like uh, Koro-sensei going, maybe switching evil and going like real mm-hmm. bad. It, it's, and when I started to think like, oh, this show might have a dark side, a lot more darker, is when they did introduce the father-like figure as the new PE teacher. Oh and, yeah, I thought they were gonna. And then like yeah. Karasuma's like you know going through the stuff, and he like sees the pictures of the, like oh my goodness, he's like oh snap, this is a problem. And then the teacher is yeah. like hey, you know y'all are like my family, my kids. And then when the kids like I don't know, and he just wow, <laughs> you know just and everybody's like what in the world? And then all of a sudden I was like yo, this show is about to go somewhere. Bro. Like yeah, Takaoka. He's he's definitely my least favorite character of the whole show. <laughs> like, he's the heel. They the show, ri- sure. they wrote him to a T mm-hmm. as far as being like perfectly, like believably unlikable and unhinged. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like I, I, I was rooting for that character to be killed. For real. <laughs> I can't even lie. Is this? I mean, he was straight punching children, straight up. Like he was not playing. And and then when Nagisa did the whole like approach him, emasculated that man, <laughs> and he just yeah. went insane. Like he was like, I got emasculated by a boy who looks like a girl, and. I don't know what to do with myself. Like, who am I? And he creates this whole, like, plot to, like, like, it was crazy. Like, to me, I thought, that's why I feel like the show felt like a different show. Like, mm-hmm. the first season felt yeah. like a an actual moving plot, and they had goals and destinations, and, you know, the secrets were starting to get revealed about things. And then, like, second season was like, hey, let's just enjoy it. Like we're kids, <laughs> it's summertime. Yeah, <laughs> they focus a lot more on the on the school stuff. So like you know issues with the bullies and with the principal. Mm-hmm. They did a lot more character development for like the other characters who hadn't gotten any love yet. I don't think that we saw like you know the, the three the three or four like delinquent type characters. You know the I forget their names. Um, none of no one's a bully. Everyone kind of gets along in the show. But there's like oh, three like, or four characters, including Tarasica the girl and the guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they didn't really have. I I didn't even realize that they weren't like getting with the program. Wait, for wait, lack of wait. A term. Who were y'all talking about? Now I'm confused. The, so, the right, bully of the classroom, like the the buff guy who would always get into it with karma. Yeah, oh, the oh, guy oh, who, with the like brown and black hair kind of. With yeah, spiky, yeah, 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 yeah. And then the spooky girl mm-hmm. was part of that group too. And there was like two of his lackeys. Basically, the guys who took in Iwatson, uh, uh, Ita- Itona, Itona, yeah, yeah, those guys. He kind of became part of that group, which is really funny because you wouldn't expect them to take anybody in. Anyway, um, I didn't even realize that they like weren't with the program. Actually, no, that was before Itona, which means that was in the first season, right? Didn't Itona join the class in the first season? The second. He joined briefly before he immediately attacked Korra Sensei. And well, then left. Didn't, didn't he actually like he joined and become a good season, person in the second season? Oh, he became a good person. So that I was right. Yeah, that whole bit where like there's there's an episode where basically that gang or no no just him just just the the uh, Hirasaka, he's kind of manipulated by this evil mm-hmm. spooky scientist into into joining a plot against Korra Sensei. Yeah, yeah. And that's the first episode where I was like, oh, like he hasn't, I just realized like he hasn't really been part of the other action for the most part. Like mm. he hasn't really been like, not, none of them have really been like participating in the class that much and their grades aren't that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, you know, I felt like maybe it took a while or it took a while for the show to get around to them. Mm-hmm. But that is one of the things that the second season managed to do it was like, all right, we got a little more character development for some of these guys but i think i think it like actually tracked really well how they did it because it it's like him being a pawn and stuff like that and like uh you know uh i keep calling want to call him karuma uh but karma <laughs> karma oh. karma like being like yeah you're just a pawn like you're not even that cool like you think you're great <laughs> yeah. yeah but like also like kuro sensei like almost like getting him to realize like bro you're this isn't gonna work for you you need to grow up and realize, like, you can be something better than you are. And mm-hmm. it's like, it kind of made sense that he was always background. Like, he didn't want to be there. He thought this was all stupid. Yeah. And it's like, I thought it was pretty good. Like, not not that you didn't yeah. think that either. But I just thought it in, generally, I was like, oh, that's a, a cool way to kind of, like, make sense why he kind of wasn't 
important Around. until he was because he didn't want to be there and he was just biding his time to get out you know um because there's always that super delinquent <laughs> you know like there's always the guys mm-hmm. like no i'm not getting better da, 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 da. and you know even you know cora sensei was even able to reach him and then he became you know who he became yeah yeah it was like a lesson of of the of patiently waiting for the student to be ready for the teacher to come yeah because like he was because he couldn't go anywhere being in class e especially if he's only getting worse so you know <laughs> you staying in e you ain't going yeah. so i i i have one thing i want to say if kyle you don't have anything else to add but then after that i also have a question so now you can go ahead all right so i just want to say that i feel like probably for me one of the weakest points isn't necessarily how slow the second season was but how overpowered Koro sensei was because i felt like Every single time we would, I mean, we found out a lot of his weaknesses as the show goes on, uh-huh. but it also feels like every single time he was in a pinch, he would have some secret technique. Yeah, mm-hmm. plot armor. Mm-hmm. Plot armor. This man had the most egregious, ugly, honestly kind of ugly plot armor. It was, it was very <laughs> ugly at times. Um, but like, let me think about the things that he did. Uh, he basically got got by the whole class they had this whole setup which was gangster and which was gangster like the mm-hmm. beach the island setup and then he was like actually i can become like invincible <laughs> yeah that was dumb um when karat not Kar- when when the government guy when they're all being attacked by the reaper mm-hmm. and they're like in his weird dungeon and karasuma's finding him and he uses the reaper uses like his secret weapon this like bullet out of, out of his finger yeah and it pierces his heart and you're like oh my god but then you find out Korra sensei had like snaked a tentacle all the way from the cell right yeah into a different room which i don't even know how far away it was <laughs> through water and through pump- sewers yeah yeah and is pumping first, first of all he put the tentacle right over the guy's heart to block this tiny little bullet and then he was also drinking tomato juice that he somehow had on hand For and was pumping reason. tomato juice out and it looked like blood. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Karasuma knew that this was happening and that he was safe and he should play dead and then get the guy. Uh-huh. I was like, what? What kind of contrived bull? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was baloney. It was 100% baloney. And then there was a part at the end where uh, Kaede, Kaino, whatever, whatever her name Kaino, was. Kaino, yeah. yeah. She, she basically gets killed. Oh, she was impaled. yeah. By this giant monster. And then at the end, Coruscant is like, yeah, I just picked up all her blood yeah. out of the air. <laughs> her cells. And then, and then perform surgery. And I can just, not even surgery. He just put each cell back like it was surgery. But, but, like, but also, are we going to. No scars. Are we going to talk about that. the mad, creepy thing that he did in that process? Where apparently he also enlarged her chest at oh, the same yeah. time. And like. Oh, it just, I forgot about and I'm that. Like, he made her bigger. This is a child. Like, this is, yeah, this is, that's crazy. It was, it, I think, but I think it was meant to be wholesome because she had a complex about her. Oh, uh, that's was true. it her yeah. who had the complex about being? It was flat? her, yeah. Okay, okay. Because her older sister was oh, well endowed. Well endowed, yeah, yeah. Well, so mm-hmm. it's funny, but it's also like kind of weird. But um, no, no, I. I mean, she's also an actress. Yeah, that too. So she's not just a child. She's like <laughs> a well-known celebrity. But yeah, I think Coro since so to me, I thought. So this is where, like, me, this is me going into, like, the overanalyzing a show and realizing, like, oh, none of this matters. <laughs> like, where once they said the deadline was March or whatever time, I said mm-hmm. there's zero chance 
that Koro Sensei <laughs> dies before then. Yeah, like, oh, 100%. <laughs> so to me, like every circumstance with Koro Sensei being threatened meant absolutely nothing. Because nothing. I was like, he's going to get out of it. He's going to do something weird or it's something he's not revealing. And then he says at some point, oh, I'm actually learning as well. Because after he does that weird right. small ball in invulnerable thing, he realizes he could do that with his tentacles, like the ends of them as well or something. And I'm like, oh, like they're basically setting him up to be unkillable until he's he until them. he lets them kill him or he goes off into space or something. I was like, so to me, yeah. I, I don't know. I just immediately was like, well, this is let's let's not even worry about that. Let's just figure out what I, I think that's one of the things. I think it's one of the things that kind of took all the momentum out of the second season, too. Is because it's almost like I guess the writers realized that no matter what, they can't kill Coral Sensei before the date comes, mm-hmm. and so it made the filler feel that much more like filler mm-hmm. because sure. it was it was just so apparent. Like obviously he's not going to die before then, and obviously every attempt to kill him is going to fail, and so it's like that they didn't even want to make up weird scenarios for him to get out of anymore. They were just like, what else can we do? And it made it made the things they the what else is a whole lot less interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's where you have to like from a, a just like writing design, you have to have some other na- which they did. They did this in general, but I think they struggled where they didn't have another like narrative that could like take over that. Right? Like, oh, it was all about killing Koro Sensei. Well, I liked when they brought the principal in. Right? Yeah, Asano was cool. Because that was like, oh, it's all about defeating the principal. So you stop focusing yeah. on Koro-sensei, and, and Koro-sensei was like helping them to fight that battle. And I honestly think the, the principal was one of my favorite characters in the show. Like, his absolute... First of all, first of all can we talk about the story where this, where he's like talking to his son, and he's like... Just beats him? <laughs> Wait, did he beat him? Maybe I'm thinking of something else. No, like, he's talking to him like like him and his goons and oh and he sent him and then he was like oh and then he was like they were talking about like physical battle or fights he's like well let me tell you a story when i was young i went to a dojo to like (laughs) (laughs) i I went to a karate dojo he's like oh yeah he's telling like you can't accept losing or something like that Mm -hmm. he's like i went there and i noticed the master was this level and everybody's so much better than me and i got beat up the first day I, I trained by myself for one day. <laughs> yeah. Second day, he said, I went back and I observed. And then the third day, I came and I defeated the master. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. mollywopped him. And I was like, this man is the most gangster human of all He's time. He's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Honestly, he was he was the best villain of the show. 100%. I really enjoyed him. 100%. I love uh, my, my big takeaway from, I think it was that episode, was he like sends the, he's like, Basically, the son and like his goons are are like losing their kind of steam. They're like, maybe we should like go easy on. I forget exactly what it was, but they weren't willing to like. They basically there was a limit to what they were willing to do yeah. to beat class E. Yeah, yeah. and he, you know, and so he's like, son, I want you to leave for a few minutes. And he came <laughs> back in the room, and all of his goons were like 
brain full of hate and there was like a dark miasma in the room and they were just like they're just like kill e3 kill e3 and i was like what did he do (laughs) and then he like does it to the The whole whole class yeah like you know he finds one student who's not like losing their mind studying and he just whispers hate like what kind of monster also the fact that that man his backstory is kind of tragic but it's also even more gangster because like I'm going to skip a little bit, but he he was a teacher, and he was teaching this difficult class. That the the E3, well, it wasn't E three class. They didn't have, they didn't exist back then. But he was teaching some students, and you know, taught them all. Basically, he was Koro Sensei. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was very friendly and happy. And then later, he finds out that it, like years and years later, that one of his students had gone on to uh, to yes. unalive because he was bullied. And he completely changes his like his ethos, his mentality his ethos, about yeah. teaching people. Yeah, and then so so first of all, that's how he becomes how he is. It's like instead of teaching them like wholesomely, he teaches them to like win no matter what. To be strong, that's kind of on right. the backs of others. He's yeah, like, you to have be to be strong. You can't let anybody break you. Yeah. But the first thing he did was he found the bullies oh, and like goodness. manipulated them into becoming like Gambler. gamblers yeah. and alcoholics. And just ruin their lives. Ruin there was a moment, and, and they were so slick how they did this. Yeah, they were ultra slick. They, they showed him like walking somewhere, and he goes to a park. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy sitting on a bench. And this is before he explains his story. And he throws money well before. on the ground. like, And he's like, he's giving some like speech or some ridiculous, evil sounding speech. And then after he tells the story about his the original E class, it's like, oh. That's one of the people he's ruined yeah. their lives. Same guy. He made him into a homeless guy. Yeah. Yo, I was like, this man is vicious. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love that they did that because I think stories more so are kind of leaning into the the likable villain versus, you know, I'm evil for the sake of being evil. It's more of I have different motivations. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. based on who the main character is in the story, I'm the evil one. Because if you think, of, yeah, because, you know, because his story is so tragic, the reason why he would take such a hard reverse stance to how his teaches, how he teaches, like you empathize with him, especially after hearing his story. But even before yeah. that, he's still like a, you know, he seems like he's really um, forceful and intense, but he's not like, I guess, the tropey villain where he's just a bad guy and right. using yeah. dastardly tactics to get his stuff to work. He's like, no, you do it. We, everything we do, we're going to win. It's going to be fair, but I expect excellence. I was like, okay, I can get behind And he's that. the perfect foil for Korra Sensei because as, on one hand, you have this scientist who keeps trying to like bring a bigger and bigger monster to kill him with mm-hmm. and like, you know, set him up in ways that will expose his weaknesses. But then this guy just effortlessly foils him, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's extremely manipulative, extremely competent and intelligent. Yeah. And Koro Sensei can't use any of his like physical benefit, like strengths to do anything about it. He has to fight him on his own terms, which thankfully Koro Sensei himself is also very uh, intelligent and and like can see through. He's he's just philosophically and in terms of strength is like the exact opposite mm-hmm. of Koro Sensei. So that was really cool. I, I, yeah. I liked him a you lot. You know, something y'all were talking about how Nagisa being the main character is because he's the closestly aligned to uh koro sensei becoming like assassin wise and he basically uses yeah. assassin skills to like become a teacher i feel like uh the principal 
was almost Hasana. yeah like he's basically the other side of of yeah. of Sensei as well because he clearly had the skill set to basically do anything like remember so they yeah. were like why are these people teachers <laughs> like like he legitimately could do anything like yeah. if he really wanted to but it's just that like the way that they think in those skill sets it's it's an interesting dynamic that like they the 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 show's premise is that being an assassin is the same as being able to teach a student, you know, being able to understand how people work and how to manipulate them or end them or, you know, their, we- their weaknesses and their strengths is what a teacher does. Teachers are assassins, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No. Yeah. So I, the, the question <laughs> I was going to ask you guys earlier, right? My 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 thinking about the second season and the lack of uh, the weird pacing is partially because they the students lost their will to kill Korra Sensei, right? So there's several episodes, yeah. like a whole arc, that deal with the question, do we have to kill Korra Sensei after all? And if we don't, should we, right? Because like that's what their whole year is about. And part of the argument that some of the students have is like, well, maybe we don't have to kill him. Maybe he's not going to destroy the earth and we can stop that from happening. Yeah, yeah. But even if that's true, we should still kill him because that's the nature of our like relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And to not do that would be a betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question to you guys is like, what did you think about that question? Did you side with the students that were like, we should we should try to save him and like, you know, live live together happily? Or did you side with the students who were like, no, we should kill him anyway and, you know, just be done with it? So, so yeah, I remember that. It was like the last probably yeah. like eight episodes. But yeah. um, it was because they found out, you know, after Kayano's outburst, they found out Koro Sensei's backstory, which is super tragic and um, nearly an accident. Like, you know, they, they empathized with him on the assassin level. You know, that's where he started. And, like, he was made into a monster. And then the woman that he loved accidentally died because he couldn't do enough. And the reason why he would destroy the earth isn't because he wants to, but because of the same reason why the rat did, which is because the unst- un- the organisms that gain the tentacles like he has are unstable. And so after, you know, hearing that being the backstory, like nothing he's done as far as evil, quote unquote, has been intentional. Then I was like, yeah, you know, I, I was in the camp. Of try to save, but I understood, and I think that's why they made such a compelling argument because they did talk about, well, it because they had such a deep relationship with him on the, the level of assassin because he was just a much, just as much a professional assassin and took pride in the life of an assassin as well as an educator. It's like what then it was the choice: do you throw away one half for the other, which didn't seem right either. But realistically, I was in the camp of try to save him. So I I wouldn't say that I was necessarily in a camp per se, but I think that, and I think this is explained in the show in its own way, but I personally think that the only option was to kill him. I think that whole, the, 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 they're, they're one in the same to save him is to kill him. That's kind of what I felt about it. So I felt that the camp was absolutely kill him because think about this. Koro Sensei is very smart. Koro Sensei chose to come to the school to teach. 
Koro Sensei also has the ability to tell the government to put him in a rocket and fire him as far as they possibly can away from the planet. Right. You know, though he can't necessarily fly in space because I think the mechanisms of his body and stuff like that, and he can't go fast enough to fly out in the space. And and who knows, maybe the explosion is so big it wouldn't matter where he was. But I think from the very beginning, Korosensa already knew he had a 1% chance of exploding. You know, like, I don't think he was confused. He never seemed concerned. And I think Korosensei's whole point was to get them to a point where they could kill him. Like, that they would realize that that was the only option and that killing him was what saving him was. Because he had no life. He has nothing. He has no family. He lost the one person he loved. And there's just nothing for him. And after he kill, even if he, the government doesn't kill him, even if he didn't die on that day, like, what's, the government's just going to try to kill him anyway, you know? Right, yeah. So, to me, I think it's just like, this sounds bad, but this is like a very much prolonged, like, you know, uh, you not eugenics isn't the word I want to use, but, um, you know, when somebody decides that they want to, to die, yeah. that process, like, he was just like, this is what I want to do with my last days. Like, mm-hmm. his other option was to, to kill everybody and destroy them, you know, and he came to that conclusion. So, to me, I think, yeah, I think the right option and the only option was to kill him. And I think that whole, like, practice was more or less just getting the heart of the students all as one and unified to break that confliction. And then eventually they would realize that they have to kill him no matter what happens, you know. Mm -hmm. But they've decided that they want to save him in their heart. So it's like they can now go through the process of killing him, if that makes sense. So... Hmm. What about you, Steve? That's interesting. Yeah, so like looking back on it now, and even as I began the show, I'm thinking of it in terms of like storytelling, and I'm like, okay, of course they're gonna kill him. That's the only way to like neatly wrap this show up. Yeah. It would like it wouldn't make sense to have an ending where he doesn't die. But as I was watching it and I'm like listening to them talk about it, and I'm also watching all the interactions. I legitimately did not want them to kill him. <laughs> I was like very sad at the end when they did kill him. Speaking of um, sad. I wasn't disappointed, but I was sad. Yeah. I was traumatized. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? Like it's cool that like he taught them and he made them grow and stuff, but he also like deeply traumatized his children. <laughs> Cuz they they murdered the well, murder is probably a strong word because he like, it was the nature of their relationship, and it was very much, like, consensual. But they did it was a clean slowly, slowly knife a guy who was probably one of the first people to, like, take an interest in them in their mm-hmm. entire lives, Easily. other than maybe their parents. Um, And so that's hard, right? And in my head, I'm like, I feel like he could have, assuming he doesn't explode, and you're right, the government probably would always chase him. But maybe he could convince them not to. I feel like he could have a good life teaching kids like he really enjoyed it and there's definitely other you know problem classrooms in the world that could have benefited from his extreme teaching style but no one else gets that you know now they all have to deal with nagisa who i'm sure is going to be a great teacher but is just a human at the end of the day Mm -hmm. 
So I felt like it was a huge loss that they had to kill him. I was a little, I was very sad. I was, I was sad. So, so Kyle, you're about to say something. Is it? Yeah. Spe- speaking of the being sad, mm-hmm. like how gre- grievous, I don't, just how gut wrenching the whole process of them assassinating him was. Like, yeah, that was brutal. Dude. They extended that scene far longer <laughs> than they needed. It was, a, it was like a whole half episode. It was. You know, uh-huh. uh, like you just start off with because early on in the show, when they, I think they all got like level or they reached the top fifty in in one of their academic things, and he was like, "I'll re- reveal a big secret about myself." Yeah. And that uh-huh. was, I think, that was the time he said, "If someone grabs my limbs, I can't move because mm-hmm. I'm not strong, but I'm fast." Yeah, pretty much. And so then that being, you know, their biggest achievement also being the way that they eventually kill him was like oh the first jab and so then they're like after and then this is after the fight where he literally spends all of his power and strength protecting them revives kayano and pretty much pretty much makes every case in the world for them to save his life because he gave everything he possibly could to show that he was a good person and now he's laying there defenseless like this is their opportunity their golden opportunity to finally trap him it's like oh well that sucks and then he yeah. was like before i die i want to uh i want to do one more thing roll just let call. me call roll call one more time bruh and then the slowest name by name roll call roll call so and you know what man now that i think about it uh it wasn't even the last episode it was the second to last oh you're episode. right yeah I think, mm-hmm. I think they might have used most of the episode for that it was still really long yeah it was the second was the really last long. episode and then the last like five like the last three minutes was them all just like depressed bro crying on their huge the, yearbook and pay like, those mm-hmm. voice actors triple for the way that they were heaving oh in yeah. that microphone man the way they were crying bro like oh that so, was real man can I say something? And, and I might be uh, no. People might not like me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you. I already don't. Like you. <laughs> no, to me, like that whole moment, like Bro. did not touch me at all. Oh, uh, <laughs> because, <laughs> because because like because you wanted him to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean one one was just that I was like physically tired of the show at that point like i was like yo so, so anyone to anyone listening brad watched the last two episodes i think it was today and he only watched them because me and kyle insisted no, that no, he no, actually no, no. Finished i was 100 i had already, definitely I was already, was gonna skip no i wasn't gonna skip him i was just saying that it doesn't matter to me because i already know how this ends like it's to me i had already seen the the like once they got to a certain point i was like oh I know exactly how this ends. Like, oh, they already told you how it ended. So to me, it was just like, let's get there. And I thought it was very, like, to me, like, if I was in a place where this show spoke to me personally, I would 100% feel like I would connect to it. Mm. But to me, I thought it was more important that Koro-sensei does die and that he dies by the hands of Nagisa. And one thing that Koro-sensei said was like, don't do it with hate and malice. Yeah, like do it in a way that like this is this is what you need to do with a smile because he wanted him to realize like this is not this is not like the this is the beginning of your story the end of me but I already died like I literally died months ago 
but I'm literally just like l fulfilling the dreams of my, basically my, my lover, the person who I want to spend the rest of my life with. And so to me, like, I know the students were sad and it was all cry and they were like building this out. And I thought the roll call was really cool. I loved how they did the, the text. I loved the, like the feeling of it. But to me, I wasn't moved because to me, I was just like, this is what this was going to be like. Like you'd accepted it already. Yeah, it was. I was already like, oh, like the moment he told them about the tentacles. And I mean, the his random ex-student coming in giant Ganon form was like to me like it was oh, over the, the previous top. the yeah. new the new reaper yeah like the final boss battle to me i just was like this is i get it that's what i'm saying imagine the show was like that and it was all about action that would have been suck yeah that yeah i mean and, and no no i agree it and to, <laughs> yeah. me, to me i just felt like yeah this is stupid but they need this they need this so he'll be tired because at the end of the day koro sensei like he says that he doesn't want to die but he's doing everything to die. So like I feel like at any moment he could have just put his tentacles out there and let them grab him and kill him. But it was all he had yeah, a that purpose. That wasn't the point. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't the point. Like he could have died at any moment, but like and he wanted them to kill him so that they could get that we did it, we accomplished it. And you you can answer this for mm -hmm. me. Uh if I remember remembering correctly, wasn't he about to be killed by that giant space laser if they didn't kill him like right then? Yeah, I think so. It was still in the sky above him. Theoretically, I mean, he he didn't die the first time, and I guess, and they, he was in the bubble too. Yeah, and they trapped him. But you know, like I just think that if they did shoot him with it, the writers would have said, "Aha! I actually threw one <laughs> yeah. of my cells outside of the <laughs> bubble before we started, and I knew that this time would come, and I was going to reform from that." So to me, like that was all moot. Like it didn't matter. The whole point was just. The they kids just need, had to do it. They just had to do it. And he wanted to do it by their hands. I, I feel like Cora Sensei knew exactly what was going to happen the whole way. Like, he was just there. So, I don't know. The the, the moment just... It, it When I say it fell flat, I meant more just like, this is inevitable. So, I wasn't mm. moved because it kind of felt... Yeah, like, he died the day that his lover died. And this was just an extended note of death oh yeah and they brought him a birthday cake mm -hmm. bro yeah, it was it was, all it was, it was, the, was the saddest setup he was already dead you know <laughs> i i thought i actually thought it would have been a better more emotional ending is if he left but didn't die like he left the planet because he and he's like disappointed in them because they can't kill no him. no 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 <laughs> like he they killed him but he was like actually you can't kill me i'm actually unkillable like but i want to show you that you could and i can't stay with you because i don't want to risk any your life but i want you to know that i love you i have to go and now live a life of loneliness and sadness without you in order to protect you i'm going out into space boom and he flies away like to me, that would have been really sad because that means that Korra Sensei doesn't get peace, but he's kind yeah. of like this character that has to bear the burdens of all he's done throughout his life as an assassin, the loss of his love, what he's done to other people, and now he can't be with his his loved students. You know, to me, that would have been sad. And they don't get what they want. Yeah, you know, and Everybody. it's just, yeah, that one, that it's, just really it's truly. But that wouldn't just be sad. That would be a bad ending. I think this was the only good ending. Yeah, I mean, this was, like like I said, once 
That would have been a cop out for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I thought they might go that direction, but I was like, no. Nope. The obvious thing is they kill him. Nagisa does it mm-hmm. to, to to you know. Oh, oh. So that's another thing yeah. to me mm-hmm. that I think also kind of pushed the idea of Nagisa being the main character is like whenever the show had like a really intense moment and they paused for dramatic effect. It, they did it so often. It's like I always expected that it was going to be Nagisa to come out of the shadows or be the one the, the camera pans to every single time. And it got to the point to where it would just pull me out of it because I was like, well, why don't you ju- just do it? Because <laughs> like waiting for him to show up because they, they did it even at the, the very last scene, which kind of hurt it for me. It was like all the kids were pinning him down and they were like, oh, who's going to do it? Who's going to stab him? It's and it's like. Obviously, the only person we haven't seen in the shot, on top of the only person anyone's ever talked about for the last six episodes being Nagisa, like obviously he's gonna do it. And so, for me, it was like one of those things where the writers wrote it in for dramatic effect, but then it didn't really hit because they'd used the trope so many times. Yeah, and I, and I think I'll say this: I think this show was not written for adults. I think it was written for children, and I think if you're a child, that's definitely much more like. Not it's like you kind of know it, but you're not smart enough, kind of sort of, you know. You hadn't experienced it enough. Enough, fair enough. Like, yeah, that's fair. You know? So I think that, like, to me, once again, it's like when you see the Matrix, you know, it doesn't scare you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I know we're coming closer to the end. So I wanted to kind of like touch on some of my favorite moments throughout the show. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, I don't know if y'all have any, but I have a few, quite a few. So I'm just gonna throw them out. So first, one yeah. I actually posted it on LinkedIn. So y'all might have saw it was I did a screen cap of of uh, Koro Sensei with his back to the screen and him like looking through like the woods and the forest and the blue sky. And 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 the quote he said, which I I was like, this is one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard (laughs) in any show. Uh, And it's something that I like now live by. The difference between the novice and the master is that the master has failed more than the novice has tried. Yeah. I I legit stopped the show right there, and I was like, <laughs> like if I, that was the most emotional I got in the whole show is when Dang. he said that. Like <laughs> I legit was like, whoa! In the way they did it, the music, the the shot, like it was so beautifully done. I was like, whoa! You just touched me, Koro Sensei. <laughs> like, like Senpai. You know, like he even reached out. He even touched Brad his Stan. tentacle. Touched me in a way that I've never been touched before. <laughs> So um, I'm not gonna laugh. At <laughs> it's not a laughing matter. But um, but <laughs> honestly, okay? that that was a beautiful moment. Another moment for me was uh when the principal was with his son, and the son mm-hmm. was explaining like some stuff about like his his group, like he wanted to protect them, and like he's like these are my people, and he's like you know me and my men, my friends, <laughs> right? Yeah. And his yeah. friends yeah. like. You were totally about to call us minions, weren't you? Like, <laughs> that was a great moment. I, I literally yeah. laughed out loud. I was like, that's pretty funny. Like, like I felt like some of my favorite moments of like comedy came from the son and the principal. Like, just the goofiness um, in general. Okay, another moment is toward the end when... Uh, n- n- what's her name again? Uh, the girl who was an actress. Kayano. Kayano. When she's in the hospital and... Uh, no, no, no. After when when she finally like is talking about her love for um 
for uh, Nagisa, and she says, his bloodlust filled the hole in my heart. That's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> and I was like, I'm done with this show. Like, oh, yeah, I, Valentine's Day episode. Actively done. Uh, another thing was, I was really concerned about the direction they were going when they went on that trip on the island, and those thugs kidnapped the girls. And I was like, Oh yeah, that was this very is pr- a, problematic. This is gonna be a sexual assault. Like it was this scandalous. Is, like they weren't like talking to them like ha ha ha. Like we're gonna beat up your friends when they show up. They were like actively plotting. In a dark them. warehouse on a on a couch. Like yeah, none of and it, they were like none of it oh, looks good. I've seen the pictures of you at the club and you looking all good and like I was like okay I don't like any of this. Mm-mm. Which brings me to my last point of <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like the whole plot on Nagisa looking like a girl it was so dumb. and them continually like first getting yeah. cross dressed at the club which was kind of funny like in the sense that they were like using that as like a ploy like and it makes sense because now from a plot standpoint like it feels a lot less inappropriate it's just he looks and like they needed that guy at the end to at, post about it in his blog you know stuff. so i get that but my biggest problem was like when, like, one girl just kept on trying to, like, make him wear dresses and, like, you know, it was just got really, really weird to me. It was uncomfortable. Work. Yeah, and, like, he was genuinely like, hey, like, this isn't funny anymore. <laughs> like, Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad that he, like, stood up for himself and like, I was like, I don't like, like this. this. Is, it's not great. And I was like, the writers, it almost felt almost too real. Like, he was saying to the writers, like, hey, can we stop? With this whole plot line, like <laughs> I feel really uncomfortable with this, <laughs> and they just really kept pushing it. Like, yeah, you know, like I don't know. It felt really weird and kind of creeptastic at times. So anyway, I threw out a whole bunch of stuff, but I had a whole bunch of notes. Um, I got that was your favorite part yeah. was him being a girl. <laughs> yes, that was my favorite but part. <laughs> I have a, I have a comment about that too, though, because whenever I first started watching it, yeah, they would make the comments, but before they even said anything, I was like, why is he drawn so femininely? Like they gave him mm-hmm. hips. Mm-hmm. And like his whole body type, and like the way his pants fit, Part, the like, way he wore his, the way he wore his pants, yeah, yeah, and the long hair. And I was like, maybe this was just you know a design choice. But then they had the swimming episode where they made the pool, and the girls, oh, yeah. they were like, oh, so Nagisa is a boy mm-hmm. because he didn't have his shirt on. Yes, and I was yes. like, okay, so the characters acknowledge what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <don't> think <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like they were like, but oh, then it, we weren't <laughs> sure. Yeah, but then it took that turn like you were talking about where they still went in and doubled down on like him looking like even though like obviously my man, you know, he 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 just pretty. Leave him alone. He just soft. He just soft. <laughs> I think my, my my least favorite part of that was the guy who the guy at the club who thought he was a girl and like came back later and still thought he was a girl. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. That was rough. And it, you gotta let this man down immediately. And I was like, all right, look, man, I gotta tell you the truth. I can't do this. The guy, he was denying was it at first. Like, He's day. like, no, nah, I'm a dude. He's like, no, you ain't. You ain't no dude. No, you ain't. Fine, you ain't girl. You fine. <laughs> He's like, no, seriously, dude. And then what? It's like that episode of Atlanta. <laughs> and <then> somebody, and, <laughs> Yo, that's a man. And then somebody was like, <laughs> and then somebody was like just show me a junk. And I was like, yo, y'all are <laughs> yeah. out of control. Like, out of that, pocket. <laughs> uh, uh, right. But I do um, have some favorite uh, moments too. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah. So my uh, one I have written down is uh, so the daycare episode. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who the principal. I don't remember the principal's name, but he was just the realest <laughs> character. Like every time, the guy? yeah, like, every time they would say something, he would just shut them shut down, it down. Shut it down. <laughs> he was in the worst mood the whole time. 
Like, and that was like they tackled this man on his bike, so I get it. Pretty bad. But he was one of my favorites. He's like, I'm gonna sue all of (laughs) y'all. Yeah. Uh, And then my my it wasn't it wasn't a favorite thing, but something that really stuck out to me. So you guys, you ever see those memes about like the show when you're watching it by yourself versus when your parents walk into the room? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I had one of those moments, but it was with my wife, and so (laughs) I'd watched like a handful because we started watching it together, and you know it's pretty tame in the beginning, and I watched a couple episodes by myself. And then, of course, we watch it. We decided to watch an episode over dinner, and so the episode that comes on was when they go to the beach, and the character that we really haven't talked about much, Irina, the oh the yeah, Professor yeah, yeah. Uh, B yes. comes. Oh, <laughs> we had not talked about her. I totally forgot. She <laughs> comes on screen in the most skimpy Scantily bikini, clad. <laughs> and like they full body on on screen for a solid like ten seconds. And I'm just, I'm just like going back and forth, looking at my wife, looking at the TV. Like baby, baby, like, well, look like. Baby, baby, I, <laughs> I didn't say anything because that's one of the reasons why we had to start watching another another anime was because, of course, whenever she sat down and watched it, they were doing like ridiculous stuff. I had to explain like, no, this isn't why I watch it. I promise. And so, of course, when I was watching with Mrs. Yams, that's that's the first thing that comes on screen. But she didn't say anything this time. Because she so. knew. She knew. I, I want to just add this. One thing that Coral Sensei, they really, you know, he's the lecherous, pervy guy. Pervy. That, that whole thing with the bug, bug catching episode where, like, they basically threw a whole bunch of adult magazines in the forest to, like, yeah. distract. I was like, this is getting out of control. Like, like it, w- it was a lot. Y'all need to chill out. <laughs> and they yeah. kept setting them up. Yep. Had yep. magazines everywhere. He had mm-hmm. Bra kebabs, like it, it got that whole episode was crazy. Wow, they did too much, but yeah, so that that's all I got. Steve, you got anything? Steve. Yeah, I'll just reiterate. You know, I really appreciated all the team building episodes. Um, the assassination ones were cool, but I like one I forgot to mention earlier was the um, the like paintball episode where like you know it was two teams, and each of them was like. Using the best, or each of the commanders, Nagisa and, and Karma, were like using the the best aspects of all of their little teammates. Yeah, and they're explaining like, oh, this guy's in this position, and they're doing this, and they're doing that. And I was like, this is really cool. It was really satisfying. Um, so all yeah, all the team stuff where they would like explain how the different students with their different skills were participating. Um, and like they were competent. It was just satisfying to see them be good at stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like pull it off and like be proud of themselves for it. I mean, that's that's fun to watch. Um I liked hearing the backstory about him and uh whatever her name was. Um the teacher girl. Augury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The scientist girl. Um and it was really satisfying to watch him beat that scientist at the end. Mm-hmm. And by his own, hoisted by his own petard, right? Like, <laughs> right. Literally blew him into the anti-tentacle force Dumb, field that yeah. would have been fine if he hadn't just doped himself up on <laughs> tentacle juice. And he only moved he fast blasted. once, once he put it in. He didn't even use it. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah, there was, there was a lot of, I mean, I loved, oh, watching the other classes try to look down on E-class, but then... E-class, like, stand up for themselves or just be happy or, like, get posters when they weren't supposed to get posters. Yeah. And also, like, watching them, like, be upset that they can't keep looking down on yeah. E-class was really great. So, like, the sports games, 
um, the sports episodes. I meant whatever that that pile, the pole yeah, that, that's, game that's definitely was. A super Japanese game. That was a really really cool episode. I really liked that episode. Yeah, yeah that was a good that one. Was cool. You know, one thing that I I, I want to say is that like it's interesting that it was almost like they had to always conceal how gangster they were. But like <laughs> yeah. in the sports yeah. game with the pole one though, it was like one of those situations where it's like, yeah, y'all are pretty gangster. But like, there is a difference between a grown man fighting you and you as a child. Like with when they had the American transfer students, like yeah. they still had to like respect their size and like they just had to be very calculated. So I thought it was cool how they matched it up. Like, oh, these they're very talented, but they still are like children. Like, have to be yeah. tactical. They're not OP. Yeah. I liked the space episode too. It wasn't like a great episode, but I just liked that they decided, <laughs> oh, let's just go into space one day. <laughs> and the astronauts doesn't it make was, yeah, the doesn't make any awesome. sense. They were heartwarming to me. He's like. You know what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, uh, oh, I want to say this before we end. One thing that the show had these all of a sudden absolutely raw moments. The the scene where, you know, the original, uh, Cora Sensei's original name, what was his original name? Uh, the, Reaper. the Reaper. When he escapes the facility the first time and he's just going absolutely loco, like yeah. murdering everybody. And then he throws that knife, like, at the scientist like straight into his eye oh through the acrylic thing yeah, yeah. he was like ah but yeah. the acrylic wall and he's like nope <laughs> your face <laughs> i was like i was like that was pretty yo cool. this is like you're you're a child watching this show and then you get traumatized like that whole scene yeah, he weren't expecting any of that <laughs> i don't think it's a show for children it's a little juvenile but i don't think it's for I think kids it's like no. middle school to high school age like not kids uh, kids maybe high school i think i think like how kids view violence is very different you know in middle school high school. violence and, violence, and adult like themes suicide sexual stuff i, yeah, I think that's all middle school high school stuff man like all right you know, um that's definitely maybe i'm sensitive you know if you went to my middle school that was middle school oh, i mean that's true it was <laughs> i didn't see the it, things you see it's present but would you want them watching it i guess is the question like would you they would be, i definitely would they would be watching it but and then also but, you got to think culturally right. this might be different animes very for sure and the stuff I've seen, uh, anyway, I can't even talk about some things I've seen <laughs> in, in in other places. So, um, <laughs> anyway, like, yeah, you know, um, Kuro Sensei, everybody wants you to be their senpai, and and uh, yeah, he he was definitely motivational. I feel like the show overall just was like made me step away, being like, you know what, it's important for us to like believe in other people and to like not discard people just because they're difficult. Um, you know, oh, I, you actually made me think of something too. But you can go ahead. I, no, I, no, you on. you have some. Yeah, go ahead. What were you gonna say? So yeah, one thing that there was something that kind of did bother me about the series, in in the in the form of I guess like teaching all kinds of students and the weaknesses and and uncovering their strengths is that it, in general, Coral since they had it kind of easy because yeah, the, the kids were troubled. They had like emotional damage, but they were all like really able bodied. Like only That's one of them was mm-hmm. overweight. And then some of them were like kind of short, but like none of them were had like disabilities or like health problems or anything like that, that I feel like would have, I don't, I don't know how you write that stuff into it. So I feel like what they did was really good, uh, but I was interested, yeah, I, I would have been interested to see like, oh, this kid's in a wheelchair, but he wants to be, an assa- or like you got your teacher in an assassin class, you know, and then the robot girl was, I think was like the closest thing to a student that was outside the bounds of the other <laughs> ones as far as like physical abilities. A robot. But when they didn't need her, she just didn't, she just wasn't in the episode. They just yeah. cut her out. So yeah, or she was on somebody's they, phone. They did her. They did her dirty. Yeah, somebody's phone. So I would would have really been interested in seeing a character who had like some big 
issue that was beyond emotional. And and Cora Sensei to and one thing I do want to note is they did actually show it at the end is that Cora Sensei actually was not in a bad class. He was in a low, a, the lowest of the high achievers, right? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when Nagisa became a teacher, he went to the hood. <laughs> he did, <laughs> and he had to teach straight grown men who <laughs> thought he was a girl. It was like treat, <laughs> and then he put the fear of God in them. But it's like it's funny that Cora Sensei actually didn't teach the hardest class and like nagisa is probably gonna have to work harder than Cora sensei to, to, oh, a lot to turn after that scene i was like there's no way he got away with that every class like like yeah, he, it's, he definitely gets fired from that well he gets jumped first <laughs> like, he's still a human like they're gonna jump him and they're gonna find <laughs> out it's like okay he did it to one guy but he can't do it to 12 well he's an assassin he's i don't know he might he be, might able, be to. able to and he's a grown man now well a grown child so he grew a yeah. centimeter, I think. I said. thought that was disrespectful. I was like, "Come on, give him a little bit of like, you know, like he grown up now, you know." And and then Karma's like six foot three or something. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Karma's the man's he man. Really Working is. at the bank, <laughs> about to be the politician, rule the world. But um, yeah, you know, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep our, our outro pretty short here. Thanks you so much, everybody, for listening. I mean, as you can see, we have. I don't know. I feel like we all walked away like. Not the best show we've ever seen, but I think we all enjoyed it and got some like good yeah. moments from it. Um, so we definitely have to do our next deciding what we're gonna watch episode very soon. Um, yeah, you know, in the coming weeks. So I vote God of War to be what we play. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> default. That's default. I, I think that's just <laughs> default slotted in, uh, and actually should be dropping what like this week in right? a couple weeks. Yeah, like pretty soon. Or, like yeah. I think it's now like doesn't it come out like this week but anyway anyway um <laughs> my <but> bad <laughs> pr- probably by the time you wa- listen to this and watch this it's probably out but um yeah we definitely got to cover that but we also got to choose what our next anime is going to be and what's our next movie i uh, always love watching uh, anime and movies with y'all it's great to discuss it so hey if you have any thoughts about uh, assassination classroom something we missed we did not talk about irina or professor you know her name <laughs> um uh if you got some <laughs> thoughts about that or karasuma or any other characters we missed please uh there's so much to cover there's so many episodes that's why it took us so long <laughs> to finish this uh and talk about this but yeah thank you so much for watching thank you so much for listening of course i gotta thank the brothers themselves what up kyle thank you so much for being here today thank you sir. always a pleasure last note there is a live action version on youtube that i intend to watch yeah. <laughs> i'm yes. gonna share the link yes i think there's an actual <laughs> live action movie that I saw recently, I think on Netflix or uh, Crunchyroll or something for assassinate or something. I saw something, but anyway, otherwise um, always a pleasure. You know, so uh, great to and be here. Of course, Steve, thank you for being here, my brother. Greeting. Oh, uh, yes, you're welcome. Yes, yes, yes. And of course, thank and thank you, you, Brad. Oh well, thank you always. Thanks, Brad. Yes, yes, thank. I guess yes, you guess. Um, thank you, thank to you, the, Coral Sensei. Thank you, Coral Sensei, for. <laughs> doing what must be done being <laughs> the needful yes yes we needed you i wish i had a coral sensei in school i wouldn't i'd actually be able to read now if i had a coral sensei yeah. but that's why i got that's why i only listen all. to audiobooks <laughs> hey. um, i gotta tell y'all about that but um no really uh super agile nation we're so thankful for y'all thank you for listening thank you for tuning in thank you for liking thank you for sharing thank you for supporting thank you to everybody out in the discord thank y'all for always just being great family we really appreciate you. 
uh, we're so thankful to be here. Uh, so as for those who don't know, we are everywhere. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We in these streets, as we always say, you can just Google us, Super Agile Bros, and you'll find us. But thank you so much for watching, and we look forward to sharing some more of our uh, opinions and thoughts as adult nerds out in these streets. So, until next time, y'all take it easy. Peace!